He knows me, and he loves me. That, that, I, I have trouble getting over that one because I know me and, and what he is and that he loves me, that he knows me, and he takes me by the hand. And, and I just pray, oh, God, would you, would you make yourself present in this service, in this message, in this music, that, that those who are struggling and, and having difficulties, and it, it's just a tough time. Lord, I just pray that they would know that you know their name, you know their circumstances, you know everything they're going through, you know what they're struggling with, and, and yet you love us. And so we come to you with, with uh, hearts that are open to your touch this day. And I pray that you would speak through your word to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't know about you, but uh, in, in life as I look back over the years God has given me, um, I've made my fair share of stupid decisions. And, uh, you know, if you could redo it again, if you could live it over again, I think all of us would have things that we would want to change. Um, Decisions made out of convenience, decisions made out of expediency, uh, decisions uh, where we took the easy way out, not the right way out. And uh, we, some of those de- decisions, we may have paid dearly for that. Um, I, you know, I've, I've told you this before, but I just, uh, for those of you who haven't, I, when I was a teenager, my buddy uh, had a sports car, and I wanted to have a sports car too. His dad was a mechanic, and um, I, I was looking at a Triumph GT6 Plus Coupe, hard top. And uh, I, I took the car to my friend's dad, and he said, Kevin, don't do it. And so being the intelligent person I am, I just did it anyway. And uh, <laughs> I lost more money on that thing, more grief, uh, getting towed because the thing isn't running. And, and I think all of us will make some decisions at times that, uh, that we wished we hadn't made, that you may have sunk some money in a get rich quick scheme that just about bankrupt you. Um, you. You may have uh, chosen a mate that wasn't, you knew God wasn't God's choice, but you did it because you thought maybe the, uh, the train is going to leave the station and leave you out, and it, your existence has been miserable. It, it may be that you spent a way, way too much time on video games, and that affected and closed some doors on you for, for post uh, for uh, post-high school education. Um, you know, all of us can make bad decisions and not live our lives well. And um, wisdom doesn't necessarily lead us in the easiest path. Sometimes the pathway of, of uh, wisdom is something that's going to cost us or, or it's going to be tough for us in that way. And, and sometimes we don't want to delay gratification. We want it now, now, now. And, and so here we are, and, and we've been talking about heaven and hell. Um, and we, we said there, there's a saying, and I, I've heard it since, since I've been a kid. Uh, he or she is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. 
that they're so zoned in on heaven that they're just, they, they're not living in reality. And I want to suggest to you, as I said before, that if we really understand it, um, to be heavenly minded is to be earthly good. To understand what God has in store for us is something that is going to take us in the right path. The fear is that some people are so consumed with the future in heaven that they're just not, they're just not doing it in this life. And, and the converse, though, is we're so focused on the things of this earth that we're not really zoned in on how heaven will change our course. Um, Jesus, on the Sermon of the Mount, said, Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. He says the, the treasures on earth, you know, they get stolen, they get corrupted, they rust, moths, moths eat them out, that kind of thing. Don't worry about your life, Jesus said. Uh, you know, what you're, what you're going to eat and drink and all of those things in, in your needs. Don't, don't put your emphasis on there. Seek first the kingdom of God. Think of the eternal values and, and all these other things will be taken care of. And we consume ourselves sometimes with the notion about, uh, about the here and now, not realizing that there's something beyond that. And, and Paul would tell us in Colossians uh, uh, chapter 3, since we've been raised with Christ, uh, let's set our minds on things above. And so we're actually told we're to think about heaven. We're think, to think about our, our eternal destiny. And, and that will keep us in a right place. And the problem is many of us have put our, our, our emphasis on things here in this world. And we don't have much of an appetite for the things of God. Uh, for God, some is a mere convenience or an inconvenience as the case may be. Um, some people just, they're, they're focused on, I don't want to go to hell. We had a message on hell. It's, it's a, a terrible prospect. And, and some people don't want to go to hell. Uh, so what they do is they say, yeah, I'm, I'm into this Jesus thing. I'll, I'm, you want me to pray a prayer? I'll pray a prayer. Um, and, and in fact, that's not what it happens. If you're looking for a fire insurance policy and that's all you want, you want, God, you want God to keep you safe, that you wouldn't go to hell, uh, but you have nothing for him. Your life in no way reflects it. If you prayed that prayer 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago or 60 years ago, but it didn't resonate in your heart, it didn't change your life, uh, heaven and the prospect of heaven was, was nothing. That, that Did you just living a life uh, for yourself? You're living a life so self-centered? And, and, and uh, that's a very dangerous place to be, can I tell you? And those of us who are parents or grandparents are, are always so longing for our children and our grandchildren to follow Christ. And sometimes we, we try and give ourselves some consolation. Oh, well, you know, uh, uh, you know, little Johnny prayed a prayer when he was six, and so we're okay. Little Johnny has no, nothing to do with God. It, 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 no effect in his life at all. And, and we need to understand that faith requires something more than a fire insurance policy, that we're called to follow Christ. Um, 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5 says this, Examine yourselves 
to see if you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. It's sober a sober reminder that we're to be zoned in and, and we're to look at our lives and examine our lives and saying, am I following Christ or did I just pray a prayer one day to satisfy my mom or my grandma or something like that? You see, there's a reward for believers um, who, who have exemplified a life of what it means to follow Christ, what it means to love him and serve him. And there is a reward. There's a reward for faithful living. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, we read this. Sorry. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each may receive what is due him for the things done well in the body, whether good or bad. We've, we've looked at this verse before, but it's powerful. Every one of us will stand before God. We'll be laid bare. He will expose us for who we are. And there, there's nothing that, that will be hidden. Every thought, every motive, every word, every, he's got it all. It's in the books. And, uh, and all of us are going to appear, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one of us May look at receive what is due him for the things well done in the body, whether good or bad. There's a reward for good. There's at least a loss of reward or hell for those who are not good. I, I mentioned something last week, and, and it, this is challenging for some of us in our in our uh, particular uh, bent in in our faith, and that is that every time we find God judging us. He judges our deeds. We live by our deeds. We want to be accepted by our deeds. He judges our deeds, and that's a sad thing. We'll all receive what is due, what is due. Um, in Revelation twenty-two twelve, the last book, uh, the last uh, chapter in the Bible, Jesus says this, Behold, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. He's coming with a reward. And I'll give it to everyone, there it is again, according to what he or she has done. Let me ask you a question. Do you expect to be rewarded by God? Or, or, or have you lived your life with lack of concern for the things of God? Uh, Paul would say in that same chapter, uh, he would say, we make it our goal to please the Lord. Everything we do, we, we do it to please the Lord. Well, there's rewards as motivation for right living. God has laid out rewards for us to help us live right so that if we're focusing on heaven, if we're focusing on him, if, we're if we've got the long view, um, he's going to reward us. And I'm going to share just three areas uh, where he will reward us. One is deprivation. You see, I didn't know being a Christian, I would have to be deprived of things that, that maybe I want or I'm interested in or that type of thing. Uh, you, you may have missed out on a lot being a Christian. Maybe those, those fun parties that your schoolmates had and, or your business associates had, and, and there were things that went on at those places that weren't appropriate. They weren't the kind of 
activity that a follower of Christ would want to be in. And, and yet the lure is there. I, I, I want a piece of that. It's fun. All my friends are there. Everybody's doing something. And, and as, as Christians, sometimes we deprive ourselves of things in this world. Um, I, I gave money, and, and we, we all got our, our uh, reports back on our financial giving on our, on our, uh, for our tax returns. And you may look at that and say, man, do you know what I could do with that money? I, I was generous with the, with the Lord, but man, that, that was a lot of money. I could have bought some things that I wanted to do. I could have gone on a trip. I could have done this or that or the other thing. Um, what about, the, what about the, the young person who wants to serve God and uh, gets a, a degree in medicine and then they go to the, to the uh, mission field and are paid like chicken feed? There's nothing to it. And say, well, man, are, are you nuts? You would trade that for that? You, you, you would deprive yourself of the kind of life you could have here if only you applied that in, in where you're living. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe as parents, and I know this is a tough one too. We, you, we have kids and grandkids, and, and God is calling them to go halfway around the world to serve Christ in missions. And, and you say, well, man, I, I, I don't want to be deprived of my kids and my grandkids and I won't see them growing up the way I'd like to. And you may have deprived yourself of things. Uh, you may have deprived yourself of uh, a, a promotion at work, but you knew with that promotion would come some things where you were going to expect to do things that were not above board or legal, and you said, I, I just can't do it, and you see somebody else move ahead of you, and you're deprived because of that. Well, God knows and God understands. And I can tell you, God rewards those who live in deprivation for the sake of the kingdom of God. Uh, Moses is an example of that. He was consecrated to God. He, he was... Uh, he was to be slaughtered with all the rest of the male Hebrew babies in Egypt. And uh, what happens is they hid him in the, in the bulrushes and Pharaoh's daughter sees and hears this baby and takes this baby in and he is raised in the number one, uh, the number one uh, place in all the world in terms of of luxury and in terms of education. He had everything. He had the very best education you, you could get in the world at that time. He had all of the uh, material goods that he could ever wa uh, want. He lived as a, a son of the Pharaoh in Egypt. And uh, there came a time in his life when he realized something of his heritage, that this group of Hebrews who were being abused now, who were being oppressed, that he felt that he needed to take part with them and stand against what was his. He'd be deprived of all of that uh, life and that way of living. And, and it says this, Hebrews in, in the 11, in that great chapter of faith, it says this, Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. 
Hey, why would a person do that? He's got everything. He has everything. And yet he turns it down. Why? That disgrace, he would assume the disgrace for the sake of Christ because he knew in the long haul there was a reward that you couldn't even touch what he would have in Egypt. There was something better that Egypt couldn't offer, but it was yet future, and it would be apprehended only by faith. The things that we can't see by human sight, that was a reward, and he was willing to do that. Dr. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, a preacher who died in about the 1970s, uh, was an up-and-coming star in in the medical field in England. Uh, He was a a surgeon, and uh, he was reputed to be one of the, the very top and the best. He was recognized for his skill, And he walked away from this promising uh, and lucrative career in medicine to become a preacher. And people would ask him, and he would really annoy him, how how would you leave your your place in in, uh, medicine and and trade that to be a preacher? And he, he would get he'd get really put off by that. He said, I have, um, he said this, "I, I haven't given up anything. He said, I can, I can cure people's bodies, but, I but their soul is more important. I, the, the curing of their bodies lasts just a short time. He said, I gave up nothing. You need to have a vision to have that kind of place where you're willing to be deprived for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, there's another area, and that other area is the area of suffering, of suffering. Down through, Christi- down through history, Christians have gone through periods of great suffering for their faith. They, they've lived for Christ but had to endure uh, such injustice and pain and misery and persecution. And uh, the writer of Hebrews was really zoned into that and he speaks to the, the people who, to whom he's writing. And he says this, It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering? Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possession. So you didn't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I'll not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. He says to this group, you know, you became Christians. You didn't know that all of this you were going to be into. You didn't know that they were going to confiscate your property and and belittle you and you'd lose your job. And some some people were, were threatened their life. 
And he says, it will be richly rewarded. What keeps them going in a case like that? Well, it's that they're rewarded. Look what Jesus said uh, talking in uh, Luke. He says, looking at his disciples, Jesus said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who are hunger now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, and you'll laugh. Next slide, please. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes I, you know, I can have a, a bit of a pity party and thinking, you know, I, you know God, I'm, I'm sacrificing things for you, you know. And he says, look at, there's nothing we sacrifice for him that won't be repaid over and over and over again. And, uh, I mean, who understood this more than Jesus? I mean, he left glory. He left his existence there. He came to earth and, and it says in Hebrews 12 too, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of, Father, of the Father. For the joy set before him. Why? Because he knew what was coming. He knew what he would accomplish. He knew that he would sit down at the right hand of the Father, having provided salvation for all who would turn to him. And so Jesus said he endured that for the sake of such opposition of sinners so we don't grow weary and lose heart. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. It's worth waiting for. Well, the last one we want to look at is faithful service. Faithful service. Uh, Jesus, in a parable, speaks to us uh, about, uh, he was trying to make a point and uh, he, tells about, he tells this story about a man who was very wealthy and he was going on a trip and he took his three servants that he, uh, he had uh, trusted and entrusted to them one five, let, let's, the NIV is calling it bags of gold, tons of money. And one will do two, it will be given two bags of gold, and one will be given one bag of gold. And they were told and understood that they were to invest and work that money and make a profit. And so uh, the guy who had five went out and put it to work, and he got five more. And the person who had two, uh, he got two more. And the person who got one said, I know you're a tough master and I didn't want to lose it, so I dug a hole and put it in the hole and covered it up. Listen, listen to what Jesus says for the, to the first, uh, for the first two people. His master replied when he came back after this long trip and presented, hey, uh, master, you, you gave me five. I've got five extra. And his master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. He said, great job, I commend you. And um, the same happened uh, for the guy with two. And in fact, he says, 
you know what, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you more responsibility because you, how, how you have done that. And then the guy comes along who uh, is, has buried the money, and it says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless, worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He says, you know, what I expect of you as, as my servants is he's gone away for a long time, but he's coming back, and he's coming back, and he's going to see what we've done with what he gave him. He's going to see how did we, what did we, what did we do, and, and how did we prosper the work of God through what we have done. And in this, God expects us to return what he gives him by serving him, by faithful service, and he will bless and reward that faithful service. And uh, some people think even that this speaks about what God will give them in terms of added responsibility in, uh, in the uh, age to come. Well, God tests our, our uh, deeds. He, he examines us, and we need to be prepared for that. In fact, in First uh, Corinthians 3, we read these words. If any man builds on this foundation, Paul is talking about building the church, and, and he's building on Jesus Christ, and we are building uh, the work of God also. And he says, if any man or woman builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test uh, the quality of each man's work. If he has built, uh, if what he has built survives, he'll receive a reward. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but no one, but only as escaping through the flames. He's saying this, every one of us is going to be tested. Our work is going to be tested. What we've done, and, and uh, what, what he says is this, I'm going to test it by fire. So uh, if it's, if it's uh, gold and silver and costly stones, when those are, are subjected to fire, they, they remain. But the other stuff that he has, the wood, the hay, the straw, pss, it's gone like that. And, and he says, uh, there'll be a reward for those who have built with the right uh, materials. And, and here we have this, this picture that God is holding out for us. You're going to be tested and now realize that you need to have a long view. And I will reward you. And the others, some of them are going to make it. Some of you may make it but you, by the skin of your teeth. Some of you are going to make it, but you're going you're to look back with such regret and say, why, why did I live myself for myself so selfishly? I didn't care about. I, I just, I was into my thing. And, and uh, we need to remember that we will be tested and we'll, we'll either lose what reward we might have outside of heaven or we will be, be duly uh, 
duly uh, rewarded by God. Question is, what are the rewards that God has in store for us? And there's not a lot in Scripture about what those particulars may be, but I want to give you just a couple of things that I think uh, may happen. And one was from that passage that Colin read for us from 1 Corinthians 4, that at that time, at that the day, at the judgment time, each will receive their praise from God. What kind of praise are you going to get from God on the, on the basis of how you've lived to honor him? And, and he says uh, to them, they'll receive their praise. Some, you know, some are going to get, you know, I want to see this person and, and God will hold them up and will speak a word of praise over them. Somebody else is going to be shame. It's going to be, there's, there's not much of anything to praise. Um, we'll have that commendation publicly. We'll, God will reward us publicly. And there's shame that we may find also. Also, remember that over and over again in the book of Revelation, we're a kingdom and we're priests. You know, we talked about the new heaven and the new earth, and it, there's something so absolutely glorious about it. There's something so wonderful about it. But there's also, uh, in the sense, a tasks that we'll do. We're not going in there to float around. We're going in to live in a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll have responsibilities. And it may be that God extends more responsibilities to those who've been faithful on earth. And uh, we're to serve and to worship. In 2 Timothy 2, 12, we're to reign with him. If we, if we endure, we'll also reign with him. I don't know what all of that means, to reign with Christ. Uh, but I know that he has some things in, in, in store for us. And those rewards will be everything they wanted. And, and you may have frittered your life away spiritually. You may have given yourself to other things that are less noble or less worthy. And you will, you will, you, you'll be so sad that you didn't have the wisdom to live a way God wanted for you. The last thing I just want to say here is rewards are no reason for pride. This isn't given to us that we can walk around with a trophy or, uh, you know, think like we're shining brighter than other people. We recognize we are nothing outside of the grace of God. And all it is is what he has done for us and done in us. And we, there's no basis for our, you know, beating our chest and like we're the most wonderful thing happening um, in, in, in God's priority we will give it all back to him. And it won't be a matter of us saying, well, you did more than I did. We'll be, we'll be so grateful to be there. But God will reward over and over again, he says. And I want to encourage you to live your life with the long view. Uh, don't go for just for what is for now, but go for what God has in store for us. And may God keep us, may he keep us faithful in service. May he help us dealing with deprivation and suffering, and may we continue to go on for him. An old hymn, when we see Christ, is oft times the days seem long, our trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain and murmur and despair, but Christ will soon appear 
to catch his bride away, all tears forever over in God's eternal day. It will, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face and all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that what you have laid up in store for us is so beyond what we can even begin to imagine. We thank you so much for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the promise that lies ahead for us. And I pray, Father, that we would order our priorities and, and that we would get fixated on the right thing. And being heavenly minded would mean we would be earthly good because we know what is ahead and it would give us the grace to keep going and to keep serving. And so, Father, we thank you so much for uh, your presence with us today. And as I, I pray that you'd help us to, to, to get our priorities straight, that as we go from this place, uh, Lord, we go wanting to serve you, wanting to honor you, and uh, that we would see uh, you use us in wonderful ways for your purpose. In Christ's name we pray, amen.